Welcome on in to the Sports on Tap Brothers podcast. We are part of the Sports on Tap, of course, at the Sports on Tap on every single platform. Or you can watch us on YouTube if you're listening to the podcast, too. I'm Sammy on Tap or Sammy George or Little Bro. And I'm George on Tap or Big Bro, George George. Welcome on in. I'm excited for today, man. NBA Finals edition. This is going to be fun. NBA Finals edition. Another hookah talk edition. I like to give some context on each podcast for the new listeners is two Middle Eastern brothers from Syria. Um, so we thought it'd be a nice little touch to have a hookah during our podcast when we talk some sports and uh, make it just a fun, casual conversation. And yeah, then, I mean, usually this is what we're doing anyway. We sit at night, we smoke a hookah, we talk some sports. So now we said, let's why not we add this to the podcast? Yeah, so here we are. Another hookah addiction. 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 Well, oh, it, Jesus. Oh. <laughs> It is an addiction, I'll tell you that much, too. It is, it is. That's what smoking does. But it's all good. We're just living. We're going to get a, hopefully one day we'll get Hookah Doncic on the podcast. Come, oh, come I'll, make, I'll make him a really good hookah. Good Shaq. And Shaq. Shaq, you're welcome on in anytime. Chuck, anytime. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, anytime. LeBron James, if you want. I know you don't smoke hookahs, but I see you smoke a cigar. You can have a cigar. I bet he would try a hookah. If yeah, he's on, he like, would. a cool podcast. Yeah, of course he would, man. So welcome on in, LeBron. All right, man. My first question, though, for you today, bro, is the NBA Finals. A lot of people are saying doesn't feel like the NBA Finals, you know. So, how would you make it feel more like the NBA Finals? Well, let's start with the number one specific. The main reason is outside of the teams being Miami and Denver. And it's not like Boston, LA. Obviously, that would make it a whole different stratosphere. If it's LeBron Curry, it makes it a different stratosphere. But let's just talk about for the casual viewer, okay? The casual viewer that turns on a game, Tyrese Halliburton tweeted this other day. A lot of people have talked about this in the past. But when they did that for like five years and put the finals trophy Mm -hmm. in the middle of center court on like underneath the logo. Yeah, not the actual trophy, just for context, guys. I saw some people saying like, where would they put the trophy if it was in center court on his tweet? And I was like, I think he means the logo. He meant the logo, guys. But you know what would be cool? If they took the logo, like the actual trophy, and like put it like behind a case. in a case behind the hoop and like players would see it like while they're playing. Well, there's two hoops. I would just put it at center court where put, they check in and check put, out. Put one in behind put the MVP trophy on one side and then put the finals trophy on the other side. I, I I like my idea better. No offense, but just I do. I like my idea of they have a lot of money. Or hang it from the jumbotron. Don't like that idea. <laughs> <laughs> they have the score stable. Not every part of the score stable is an advertisement, like a TV advertisement. Cut out a little hole. And put like a glass thing on there with a light. And Love it's just it. the trophy in center court at all times yeah. shined, like in between two advertisements. At all times in the game, they'll just see a shining trophy in the middle of the scores table, like in a glass. In I case. love it. That's a good it's idea. It's not sticking out, so we don't run into it. It's just part of the engagement. Right. That would be cool. And then as soon as it wins, it like comes out like like in a, like a propeller. And the players wait for it and they come and grab it, like, ah, we got your trophy. I can't deal with this guy today. <laughs> Or they just take it out and do a trophy ceremony like they usually do. I like my idea better. We're at, we're talking about how they feel a finals game. How we feel a finals game is you either put the trophy out there or you put the huge logo at center court. I think that's the only two ways. Right now they've they're really over modernizing the like stuff. They have the NBA Finals thing on the side of the court. It's not the cursive anymore. It just says yeah. NBA Finals. The ESPN scoreboard or ABC scoreboard just says NBA Finals Game One and like no logo, just like in bold font, all caps. Yeah, there's nothing about when I turn on the game where I'm like, whoa. I'll t- I'll tell finals. you really why, though. To be honest with you, 
Um, game three in Miami will feel more like the NBA Finals because the celebrities will be on the sideline. The Little Waynes, the actors, the people. Neymar's flying from from wherever he's coming from. I don't know if he's in Brazil or Paris. He's going to be sitting courtside. Jimmy Butler is really excited. He's talking about, about a that. standard Tuesday night in L.A. Yeah, but that feels <laughs> but that feels bigger. Like the the guy, whoever that Asian comedian is, is like the biggest like celebrity in Denver in game one and two. Yeah, but no, Peyton Manning was on the side. There was there were celebrities. Peyton Manning doesn't move the needle for everyone. I don't think that's what it is because that's that's half a second of the game when you see it on the screen. I think it's about what's the product on the screen, like what you see on the court. Because Miami always feels like that. I mean, like at the end of the day, like just because in Phoenix a couple of years ago, LeBron was at the game and like Floyd Mayweather, OBJ, that didn't make it just feel like the final. That could have been the Conference finals. Could it be the colors of Denver's like court too? It's not like bright. Like that also doesn't help. I just think that there's it not. It goes back to what you're saying with the court, like putting the logo on the yeah, court. Yeah, like, there's just the not a big court. representation of like this is like the Super Bowl, the World Cup, the main, the main gig. Yeah. You know, like there's just no feel of like. There's no halftime show like the Super Bowl where you're they like, should add crap. a halftime show into the NBA Finals. It doesn't have to be like that big, like the Super Bowl, but like a good halftime show. Do local artists like, like lo- have, like have? I don't know who's out of Denver, but I was gonna say like once for- I was watching a Denver game and they brought Serbian dancers on the court and they were doing like the old like the traditional Serbian dance. Like that would be cool. That's that NBA TV feed. I know a lot of people that have league pass or have watched on NBA TV where they don't do commercials, and they just have like the awkward silence halftime show going on. It was cool. definitely during one of those. Maybe like put some animals jumping into loops or something. I don't know. They Just do some, do that. Yeah, I know. Like show it on TV, make it big. I think it's bigger to have the broadcasting crew unless it was like a musician. Like if you're in Miami, bring out like Rick Ross next time or DJ Khaled to do like a DJ set. They're like, probably at the game anyway. There will be bigger names like DJ Khaled and like Lil Wayne and Neymar and like, I don't know, Miami people. Tom Cruise probably. Yeah, Miami people. But... Every Miami game feels a little bigger because they all wear the white shirts, the white hot shirts. Yeah. It always feels like a big game in the playoffs. I just think we're missing, like, in all reality, they're missing some type of, like, natural marketing on the court, on the TV screen. Now, I'm sure for those at the game, it feels like an NBA Finals. Cause I know the score underneath the scoreboard, the Jumbotron, they have that giant trophy. Yeah. I'm sure, like, throughout the stadium when you're walking the game, like, if you're there, it feels like of an NBA Finals. Of course it does, but, yeah. On TV, they've just modernized it a, a tad too much to the point where the court looks like a standard day court. It, it feels a like a play, playoffs. It doesn't feel like the finals right now. Essentially. I think the number one fix is to put the giant trophy back in the center center court. Me too. It's a very easy solution. That's the easy solution. Yeah. And it's the best solution. Exactly. Like well, what? In reality, you can add some graphics on the TV that's better, but like it's still cooler if you have the court or the trophy in a case somewhere fine, but like... At the end of the day, even the trophy in the case, if the, somebody's going to shoot a layup, you're not going to see it at center court. True, but if they can pan into it every once in a while, you know, just... Yeah, that's not that cool. <laughs> they already do pan into it. Every commercial break, it's like pictures of people holding the trophy. Past champions. That's literally what they do every commercial break. Yeah. They'll be like, look at LeBron James and Eric Spolstra and Dwayne Wade. Spolstra's been here a few times, like every other commercial break. Shaq's on the screen, NBA champ, and then they flash like a highlight of True. it. True. But yeah, there's a lot of ways you can make it better, but it definitely needs some spicing up. Put the logo back on the court. Tyrese Halliburton's idea. Well, a lot of people's idea, but come on the pod, Tyrese. You're also welcome on the pod. A lot of honestly, ninety percent of athletes are welcome on the pod. Ninety percent. 
Like maybe John Morant right now would probably not be the best representation for our pod, but I would actually accept it. Yeah, I would. Be, I'd ask him some interesting questions. Uh, actually, John Morant's fine. Yeah, we'll get to that. Next topic. All right, before we get to Jaw, Sammy, I got some questions for you. It's about legacies. The legacies of these players. What would it mean to win a championship? Just a little bit of rapid fire. I'm just gonna go with some big names here in in this uh, NBA finals. I'll give you the order really quick. Okay. First, it's Jokic, Butler. <laughs> yeah, but there's pl- coaches too. I was gonna go Spolstra, maybe number one. But let's start off with it. Let's go with Jokic. What's that mean to his legacy? That's the only thing that matters to his legacy, I guess. Right? I mean, like the last thing you want to be. And this is no offense. I would love to be Steve Nash, but like the last thing you want to be in the NBA, is Steve Nash, like two-time MVP, never could get over the hump. Wasn't that yeah. good? Shouldn't have been a two-time MVP. Is what people always will end up saying back. It's always it's gonna always be the James Harden, Russell Westbrook syndrome. Shouldn't even have been MVP. Couldn't even win a championship. So yeah. for Jokic, it's the number one thing for his legacy. But like, where does it put him? Put some Matt Dirk or a little above. That's where I say to top yeah. fifteen, top twenty. Yeah, he's at Durant Dirk level. Yeah. Durant's better than Dirk, and Durant might be just as good as Jokic, might be a little less good, might be better. Depends on what you criteria as. It's really, they're really impossible to compare, completely opposite games. But mm-hmm. the, the Dirk-Durant, like, you are above the guys, like the above the Carl Malone-Barkley guys who didn't win a championship, and you're behind the everything from Jordan to the Magics and to the, Ju- to Moses, the Kobe's Moses Malones. To the Shaqs. Um, like even Shaq, I mean, Jokic has been the newest reiteration of Shaq in terms of like probably the most like unst- one of the most unstoppable big men we've seen since Shaq. Like unstoppable as in like there's literally nothing you can do. Yeah. But he would need to win like three or four championships in Denver to even still catch up. He need to win like three. To- he still would have less than Shaq. Yeah. All right, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler's is he not one of the- he is one of the weirdest career arcs I've ever seen. In my life. Does he pass James Harden? He's not better than James Harden in terms of like a single season once in his career, but he's better than him. Yeah, like where does he go all time? Top fifty. Now this is where it all depends, right? Like, well, if the way he's playing now, if they win the championship, no. I mean, but he's the reason they're here, mm-hmm. and he's there's some guys that like their motors the reason that. Like, the, like even if he's not playing good, if you take Jimmy Butler out of this, he's not – the Heat aren't the Heat, no matter how good or bad he played. Look at the end of last game when he decided, like, got to score a couple. He did. He did. Yeah. He's one of the most interesting guys um, because it depends also how much you value a championship because you have guys like – they have won MVPs, like we've mentioned, like the Barclays of the world, like the Charles Bart. Or sorry, I already said that. The Steve Nashes of the world, the James Hardens, the Russell Westbrooks, MVPs. Um, never won a championship. Some never even went to the finals as a number one. Hard, yeah. Harden went as a like, three. number three. But for me, it's like the Carl Malone thing, right? He doesn't pass Carl Malone because Carl Malone's like an all-time great, but he has a championship. So. Like, I value him as, like, a top 50 player of all time. And would have point. gone to the same amount of championships as Carl Right. So it's, like, a top 50 player rather than, like, jumping, like, all the way up to, like, the Kawhi Leonard's. Yeah. He's, like, a... I think this is going to be a very odd comparison. Well, you tell me if it is. I have a feeling this will get an odd reaction. But, like, somebody to look at that missed the top 75 was Clay Thompson. Okay? 
He's been the number two or number three yeah. or number four in some scenarios. Like if if you consider Draymond sometimes was more valuable to the team. Interesting. He didn't make the top seventy five, but he's probably close. Jimmy Butler, if he wins the championship, he's close, close to the top seventy five. If he wins, I think he's top fifty. So you think he's better than Clay Thompson if he wins? As the number yeah, but one. I also think Clay Thompson got gypped. But there's a huge difference between top seventy five and top fifty. All right, Thompson, top seventy. He's in that realm where Clay Thompson is. Yeah, like does he? Here's a good one for you. Clay Thompson was a odd comparison because he's won four championships. He's played with two of the top twelve players in that yeah. history. Um, Carmelo Anthony. Carmelo Anthony was in the top seventy-five. Is Jimmy Butler better than Carmelo Anthony now? He didn't have a better career, maybe statistically or like mm-hmm. as an impact as a career, but he g- went to two more finals than Carmelo, and he wins an NBA Finals as a number one. Scoring like 22, 23, 24, 25 a game. He's like kind of Carmelo Anthony, but with a better resume to end his career now. Yeah, I put him right around there if he wins a championship. That's what I mean, like top 50, 75 players all the time. He's around, right around Carmelo. But if he continues to do well and take it, the heat to another finals one day, like he could be easily into the top 50. Yeah, I mean, like when I say top 50 and top 75, I don't mean he's into 50, but I'm talking like, you know, between 50 and 60, top 75, between 75 and 85, like, you know, in that Like realm. when you see Carmelo's in the top 75, probably one of the last ones in there, and you see Clay Thompson's out, probably one of the last out. Butler's in between that, couple yeah. last in, couple last out. Chris Paul. Chris Paul, yeah, he's a top five point guard ever, but like, he never even, you know, if, if Jimmy Butler wins, that's two finals and a finals championship and likely a finals MVP unless Bam continues to really, really play well. Exactly. That's pretty hard to say, like, Chris Paul had a better career than a Jimmy Butler. Carmelo it's had a better hard. career. I mean, if you ask Jimmy Butler, if he won this championship, he said, would you trade your career now for Carmelo? He'd probably say no. Maybe right now he'd say yes. Like, he wouldn't say yes, but you know what I mean. Like, yeah. if he had, like, a truth serum given to him. But if he won a championship, would he – Rather have Carmelo's career? Absolutely not. No, probably Make not. Fifty million in two years. Yeah. <laughs> no, no, that's a good point. All right, I agree with you on most of those. But how about Eric Spolstra? I think that's the most interesting one, actually. Eric Spolstra becomes, you know, nobody talks about rankings of coaches much. Obviously, number one's like probably like a Phil Jackson. We kind of know that the like Mount Rushmore has Red Auerbach, Greg Popovich, Phil Jackson. We know that's like in the Mount Rushmore. There is a spot for that fourth Mount Rushmore spot that isn't being filled yet. Yeah. That's I, not for sure, you know? And this is where, you know, that fourth spot can be closely given maybe to somebody like a Steve Kerr. Because if you equate what he did in his career on top of what he's on coaching, obviously mm. he has an impact. <laughs> it's right. not just that his team's good. You look at a guy like... Terry Stotts, he's definitely not in there. No. Uh... I mean, shit, you look like a guy like Pat Riley even. That, like, oh, I'm sorry. Pat Riley's in that Mount yeah. Rushmore. I, I forgot. I apologize to the Godfather, yeah, okay? Say, yeah, yeah. I, I, I fucked that one up. Yeah, I also credit some of those heat championships of Eric Spoel. Like, Pat Riley handed the team. I mean, like, they, I remember. So that's the Mount Rushmore. You know, Jimmy Butler, was it last week after game seven, he said Coach Pat and Coach Spo really helped, blah, 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 something. And I was like, he just called him Coach Pat. Like, yeah. Pat still has an impact on what's happening Absolutely. with the Miami. He's not just the president or general manager. Like, he has a say in some shit that's going on. He's the godfather. Yeah. 
You don't think he sits in a meeting sometimes and says, Eric, let me let me help you with something. Of course yeah. he does. So, yeah, no, I will put Pat Riley up there. I think he's with Steve Kerr. And if he wins this championship, he, to me, personally, passes Steve Kerr. And for one reason and one reason only is I'm just going to take last year's championship because I'm not going to take any discredit from the the – or I'm not going to take any credit from the LeBron Wade years or the Curry Durant okay, I was going to say, yeah. Like, like I'm going to say those two, like, there's probably other coaches in the NBA that would have won those championships as well. But we'll look at last year with the Warriors. Not a team that many believed were going to be an NBA championship team, and they kind of fell back to earth a little bit this year. That was one of those really impressive runs after many years of injuries and yeah. changing the team and all these things, winning a championship. And then for the Heat this year, it'd be they took an eight seed that almost lost in the second playing game. They lost the first playing game, yeah. almost lost second. They, they didn't almost lose, but they had a great fourth quarter to take blow out the game or whatever. I think they're down six points with five minutes left. Yeah, they, but they ended up winning by like fifteen somehow. But um, we're taking the, that scenario. We were doing a podcast. So yeah, yeah, right here, and we're watching during a podcast during the Bulls Heat playing game because part of us also is like this is not the most important game like we we gotta do our podcast day before the playoff starts because like whatever it's just none neither one of these teams is gonna win the championship like it's not that impactful of a game it's the eight seed and they're in the nba finals tied one one so with eric spolstra if he does does this like my goodness dude that's six nba finals with three championships yeah but i one thing i do want to say is this is this is a little bit of uh if Eric Spolster wins this championship, we gotta look back at LeBron James and be like, dude, you cannot win more championships with Eric Spolster as your head coach. I really think you have to look at it. I don't think we gotta look at it that way. It's like saying like the Spurs should have won more than five, or like the Lakers should have four-peated because they had Phil Jackson, Shaq, and Kobe. And they I'm lost. just saying, man, LeBron wanted Spolstra out as head coach too. Like, come on, LeBron. I think that's a ridiculous statement to say that you have to look at LeBron James because they lost NBA Finals. They also lost one of them to Dirk, who's a great player yeah. all time, and they lost one to Greg Popovich in the Spurs, who we just said Greg Popovich is, is ahead of Eric Spolstra. Yeah, not, not Carlisle. Still, that's not how the NBA works. It's like saying like anytime Jordan lost to the Pip, to the Pistons, we got to look back at his legacy that he lost to the Pistons. Like, people lose sometimes. Like, I don't know if we're going to say, like, because you had this coach, Curry lost to LeBron this year with mm-hmm. Steve Kerr. I can't believe they lost with Steve Kerr's coach. You got to look at Curry and say, like, you know, how'd you lose to a 38-year-old LeBron? At the end of the day, LeBron played like ass. Yeah. That's not an error. It's not like – I just don't think it's like – and the loss itself is a red mark on his on his uh, yeah. resume. I don't think it has to do with whether who the coach was. Okay, to make fair it enough. Worse. Is that's okay. a, that's a, like it doesn't make it worse. I'm just throwing it out there. It also took David Blatt to a finals. But Ben got him fired. He's never got a job since. Thanks, LeBron. He took uh, Frank Vogel to an NBA championship. Awesome. Frank Vogel's like Rick Carlisle. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, fair enough. Means a lot for Spolo. It does. He's uh and Pat Riley's like Pat Riley moves up another spot on the freaking Godfather Mount Rushmore. Oh, absolutely. List. He uh he's definitely had a. I'll add this. If we're adding, like, running basketball teams and everything, he's probably number one because he definitely surpassed Phil Jackson, Pat Riley, in yep. terms of uh, 
being stable into his 80s and the Red Auerbach yeah. is also up okay. there. Okay, yeah, so. but sometimes those long time ago ones are hard to compare to. True, these but he did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, kind of like like Riley. So. What he did in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, just like Riley did. Those Boston teams, he was the GM. Pat Riley won the 2006 championship as a coach. Also, yeah, true. I and know. was running a basketball team that won in 2012 and 13, and went to the finals in 2020 as like the maestro. I'd like to absolutely. Call. So Pat Riley, I'm just saying, Pat Riley's had a hell of a post coaching career. Compared to Phil Jackson's disaster in, uh, in New, York. New York. Absolutely. That was bad. It, was, it would have been better off if, if uh, Phil Jackson didn't do that. Poor guy. All right. The Ja Morant punishment. Um, on our notes, it's written Ja Morant punishment. But I'm going to frame a question here for you, which is there's a lot of reports that it could be a half a season. Yeah. Ridiculous. What is your feeling on how far or how little – the whole John Morant punishments have gone. Because some people also think maybe the first one of eight games and his like fake rehab stint for what, like 24 hours yeah. was, you know, bogus, kind of bogus. And I'll just add this context. I don't know if you read today. You see what his team came out and said? It was a fake toy gun or something. It was something. a toy gun. Yeah. That's some bad accountability. You don't want to come out and put that statement. So what do you think about the punishment situation? Is the NBA, you think, looking at, from the reports, looking at taking it too far or is it just right? It's way too far, man. I, I, I look, John Morant's being an idiot, but you can't get suspended that long for being an idiot. He didn't like harm anyone, unless there's some reports that we don't know about. They did something really bad, like with the gun. But in general, like we know that players packed guns in the past. We know Gilbert Arenas walked into a locker room with a gun. We know Gary Payton threatened a teammate to go get his gun and shoot him. Like also, we, if it's a registered firearm, it's technically legal. Yeah, he's not doing. So not th- technically, it is. Legal. It's legal. He's not doing anything illegal, so you can't punish him. Just for the sake of punishing him, just because it's a bad PR. It's bad. He's an idiot. I don't like what he's doing. It's stupid. It's moronic. It's immature. It's it's uh, destructive. He's up on the guy. What? No, it's destructive. <laughs> he's up on the guy. No, I'm not. It's destructive to his career. Like it's a horrible choice. He's making. And he has a daughter and he has he, a family. I mean, yeah, he's making horrible choices, but that's not enough to suspend a guy half a season and cost him like what? He makes like forty million a year. That's going to cost him twenty million dollars for. A, Register probably having a legal firearm. No, it's not right. Yeah, I will say this. Now it's very Sorry, one question. If he was like Chris Kamen, I saw a picture of him like years ago when he had his guns and he was hunting. Like it's a gun. Like I know it's different context. One's being gangster, one's hunting. But like they're both legal. Yeah, but one was in a club. That was bad. The second one maybe not as bad, but the first one he was in a club flashing a gun. No, it's stupid. Yeah, but that's also it's not you're illegal. Not, also, you're not, not allowed. That was in Denver, yeah. which is you can't have an unregistered firearm from a different state. That was that's technically true. somewhat illegal, but they couldn't track if it was his or somebody else's. Like there was like all that stuff. That one was technically maybe illegal, which is why the first suspension was totally right. The eight games was right. What was it? Eight, I think. Um, my thing is, George, you can't go less than eight games this time. No, you go ten. And I still think that's harsh. Like, he's, he didn't technically do anything illegal. Okay. I was going to give an illegal example. If you work at a job right now yeah. and you get a DUI, which is illegal, more illegal than holding a gun. Yeah. I totally understand. But, like, your job has the right to fire you. Your job has the right to give you a warning. If you do it again, get fired. Yeah. I think the same would apply. Wouldn't it be legal to fire somebody from their job if they got caught on social media flashing guns in a illegal state to do it? 
technically you could get fired from your job. So like, yeah. I, I'm not saying the NBA should suspend him for half a season. I think it's literally blasphemous that the thing about cutting half of his NBA season and his career and his young career and his prime. I mean, let's say he has 12 years of prime. You're cutting 124th of his prime. When you said that, that seemed like a very little number to me, actually. <laughs> but one twenty-fourth of his prime is not that much. But I know what you're saying. Like that's like five percent. You're cutting a part of his prime. You're probably putting the team in a scenario where they might not even be able to like be in the right standings to make the playoffs when he comes back. So if they're not built correctly, you're also looking at like destroying the team's season. Right. I think it's just unbelievable that. We're so fired up about the gun thing. Like, I really, I get it. I think he's so dumb because, like, how does he not get it? Like, you shouldn't do that on camera. Like, it's so easy. Like, maybe they have more. Maybe he's breaking. I mean, weed is legal in the NBA, so maybe he was high. I don't know. Like, but, like. I think you're allowed now. You're allowed now. It's legal, yeah. So, like, I don't know. But, like, can you really suspend someone for being an idiot? That's essentially what you'd be doing, suspending a guy for being an idiot. One thing we're not considering is, like I said, with, like, your work. You are a representation of the company you're representing. And as much as these guys are entrepreneurs and they make millions of dollars, they make more than 99.99999 of Yeah, but an accountant is a replaceable. John Morant's not replaceable. That doesn't matter to the league office. It matters to the team. But, like, the league office, it should matter. Yes, like, if LeBron's out for a year because of injury even, like, it's bad, right? But... At the end of the day, if you're representing the business poorly, the NBA has a right to suspend them as long as they want. Now, I'm not saying they don't have the, they totally yeah. have the right. I just don't think it's necessary. But let's put it in real people terms, okay? Like, I'm not, because NBA players don't make real people money, right? You said, like, if he has a $40 million contract, he loses 20. Ooh, he ends up with 20 million. Okay. Sounds like not a lot. But if you made 40000 a year and then your company suspended you for half a year for having a legal gun, you'd be like, I literally. I'm going to go bankrupt. I'm going to lose my home because I did something that was legal, but I just put it on social media and you didn't like that. That When you put it in those perspectives, it is really fucked up. If you I do mean, half a season. we know players have guns. Are we mad that he flashed it or is he that he has a gun? Which one are we mad at? That he's flashed it, tw- it twice on social media. Yeah, stupid. Horrible representation of a league. Yes, and that's why I think if you're Adam Silver, he's trying to make a point just like, David Stern trying to make a point of dress codes and different things. At some point, you're trying to represent your business in a certain way. He's trying to make a point. Does not mean I completely agree. But I will say I understand the reasoning behind it if they suspend him for half a year because they're gonna they're pretty much telling him, listen, this is a no nonsense situation. If you do it again, it's gonna be even worse. At some point, obviously, there's a good this is the last point I'm gonna make. Obviously. Eight games and a fake 24-hour rehab stint did not teach him any lessons. So I think in the eyes of the NBA, and if you heard Adam Silver talking about it, he sounded like he was like a disappointed father because like he's like, I sat with John Morant. I talked to him about mm. it. We thought we were in a good place. At some point, you have to make a statement if you want them to actually understand. True. So it might be too much, yes, but you got to make a point sometimes. Fair enough. But don't suspend him, perhaps. He's not. <laughs> it's not fair. All right, Sammy, there are reports coming out that Kyrie Irving is trying to recruit LeBron James to the Dallas Mavericks to join Luka, blah, 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 blah. Anyway, here's the thing. I have a theory behind this, but I'm going to... Because you know it's not happening. It's not happening. So do you want me to present my theory? My theory is Kyrie Irving is not trying to recruit LeBron James to the Mavericks. 
LeBron James has told Kyrie Irving to drop that hand, to put some pressure on the Los Angeles Lakers to bring Kyrie Irving to the Los Angeles Lakers because he wants to play with Kyrie Irving. So it's a scare tactic to the Lakers. Like, right. hey, LeBron's really, like, in contact with this guy. And not just that. It tells, like, the Lakers, like, and the fan base, it puts pressure on everyone. Like, hey, look, the Mavericks are willing to do something. Mavericks are willing to move the needle. Are you Lakers? Now, it just depends what you... I'm sorry, there's a report out that the Mavericks tried to trade for LeBron James at the trade deadline. He wasn't eligible to be traded last year. It wasn't even possible. Why? There was a clause in his contract that he was not allowed to be traded last year. Not even no trade clause, nothing. There's a clause I read today that he was not even allowed I to be traded. that was the year before. It was last year. Read it today. We're going to have to check that after this pod, but I, I, I think that was the year before, personally. Wherever we got that information, I think it was the year before because Chris Haynes said they were engaged in talks. So I think... I don't think they're that dumb that they're putting out reporters saying they're engaged in talks. It's not possible. Yeah, that's why I, even Colin Cowherd Joe said that today. So unless I'm wrong, but that's okay. In general, let's go back. Do you think it's a scare tactic, or do you think there's really actual LeBron to the Mavs? It depends. If you're LeBron and Kyrie, what is your objective? Would you say I'd rather be in LA and play with Davis, or we're gonna go join Luca, a young star? Is way more available probably than Davis for the next five years. So it depends what LeBron's thinking about Anthony Davis versus Luka right now. Because if we know LeBron loves fucking Luka too, right? Mm-hmm. So if, just if he really thinks Luka's like the next coming of the great player in the NBA, there's that small chance that maybe LeBron does want to play with Luka and Kyrie. But at the end of the day, LeBron's not going to Dallas. So that's where the theory gets kind of yeah. like, his son's going to USC next year. You think he's not going to go watch his son play once in college? I mean, he'll probably take every game off to go watch him play. Like, Mark Cuban would be like, yeah, he can play 45 games. Like, he'd let him. Yeah, and then we'll do everything in our power to get your son the next year. Yeah, so, but, like, but I don't think, I just don't think there's, I, I don't think it's any movement happening there. Plus, like, who are you trading? Christian Wood in first-round draft picks? Yeah, you don't have uh, Brunson or uh, Denny, Finney Smith or any of these guys that you traded to. Uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Like that, yeah. Lakers aren't doing that. It's not happening. Plain and simple. It'd be fun to watch, though. And it's and yeah. It's and I was fun. listening to something today where it's like the only other options like a buyout, but like it's Genie Bus and the Lakers. They're not going to be like, you know what? Yeah, we'll buy out LeBron's forty million dollar contract and let him go sign where he wants. Like, yeah. Oh, if if that happy. was the move, they'll trade him then. But yeah. they're not going to. They're not going to trade him to the Mavs for. Chop liver unless Luca was in the deal, and if Luca's not in the deal, they're not doing the trick. You know that was trending, Luca for LeBron, and people were actually serious. Like, who says no? I'm like, uh, the Mavericks. Yeah, the Mavericks. The Lakers would be like, sure, sure, I'll take it. We'll do Luca and, and Davis for the next five years. Fine. Yeah, fine. We'll probably trade LeBron and Davis for Luca. I wouldn't go that far. They missed the plane. They didn't even make the plane game. Yeah, season. and by the way, why does everyone keep falling for Kyrie, dude? Because he's good at basketball. He is good at basketball, but we know he's not a good chemistry guy. He seems like a great hang for like person that... for like a restaurant, and then like they stay like married, and then it's like oh, like it doesn't work out. Like everyone likes Kyrie until they have to live with Kyrie every day. The only person that might beg to differ is like LeBron and Kevin Love because they won a championship with them, even he... though they had their problems. But Kyrie has came out and apologized that like he wished he let LeBron be more of a mentor. Blah 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 blah. So there is that slight, I understand that LeBron might 
have some more Kyrie care in them than other people do. But in general, you're correct. It didn't work in Boston. It didn't work in Brooklyn. It didn't work in Dallas this year. It didn't work before LeBron in Cleveland. It didn't work at the end with LeBron in Cleveland. Exactly. He has no specific track history outside of one season where he was healthy with LeBron of this works with Kyrie. But he is a generational talent. Now, there's a lot of generational talents in NBA like, that don't win, right? So exactly. He won with LeBron James. He hasn't won without him. It's hard to understand exactly what's going on or it's Kyrie's way of showing Dallas that he has changed, he's committed, and he's trying to recruit. There's also that theory. That's a theory, he too. He wants them to give him the – well, he's eligible for a max, not a super max, right, because he wasn't all NBA. Yeah, I think max only. So maybe he's just showing the Mavs, like, I'm here to stay and I'm committed and I'm going to do anything I can to at least try to recruit some guys, even if it's one that's not possible. There's both theories. But we all know, at the end of the day, LeBron James has done this before. Exactly. And he's told teams – Oh, like, look, LeBron's looking at something. Like, he was even getting frustrated with the Miami Heat at the end when Dwayne Wade started to age, even though he's the one who wanted to sign Norris Cole and – not Norris Cole, Shabazz Napier yeah. and all these people. But LeBron does have a tendency, and we, we all know this, of trying to push his agenda. Right. He drops seeds. He drops seeds. So I think there's my two theories on this, George, is he's either dropping a seed or Kyrie is really just trying to – show Dallas like I'm here to stay and I'm trying to like build something with you yeah build something and I don't know if reaching out to LeBron but maybe LeBron's the only person that'll answer him (laughs) (laughs) right (laughs) hey miss call miss call miss call LeBron hey what's up man you want to come to Dallas no not really not really I tried to recruit LeBron yeah like why don't you try Durant no we we already broke up like uh, sorry Harden that didn't work no it didn't work what about this guy no no we don't like him yes it'll be interesting but I don't think he's going Jalen Brown no we hated each other in Boston (laughs) okay well let's try LeBron All right, I called him he said no it doesn't work All right, fair enough so I'm gonna I'm gonna chalk it up as Kyrie trying to make a change in his life All right, fair enough new commitment shout out Kyrie All right, Sammy the biggest prospect since LeBron James is going to the San Antonio Spurs Victor Wembanyama. The Frenchman, seven foot billion, who knows how tall he is. Are you sure the Spurs want to draft him? Yeah, they're drafting him. Uh, question for you, Sammy. Five year expectations for Victor Wenbanyama. Uh, I hate expectations sometimes because you have guys like Zion. I thought Zion would be in a Western Conference Finals by now, but <laughs> injuries happen. Uh, I would have thought Joel Embiid was already in the Finals by now. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Tatum and Brown would win. So it's a really hard one. But I will say this. He has the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich. Now, they haven't been as great as they have been in the past, but it's still San Antonio and Greg Popovich. It's hard to count out that they're going to take a generational town and mess it up because they usually don't. Yep. They're two for two so far. Yeah. They're like three for three with Robinson and Duncan and Kawhi. Yeah, but Kawhi wasn't like a generational talent coming out of like to them, they it was. <laughs> no, it was the Pacers who drafted and they traded. I know, but they wanted him. Yeah, but they they didn't expect Kawhi Leonard to be a generational talent like Duncan. And they, okay, sorry, uh, they they're good at taking talents and making them. Yeah, exactly. They took Parker and Ginobili made talents into something special. Exactly, especially international talents. So, yeah, and you know, before I even say what my real expectations are, I'll add that. There are reports that Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker are all personally mentoring Wembenyama. <laughs> That's great for him. Yeah, it's a good mentor to have. And I'll say this about Wembenyama. 
from all that I've seen, I obviously don't, I haven't, I don't deep dive into personalities that much, but like, seems like a pretty A plus dude. Like nothing, yeah. nothing that's like concerning. Nothing no. doesn't act weird, dress weird, talk weird. He's that, French. He's just you know that's French it. kid. Yeah, wants a hoop. I don't think he'll win a championship, obviously, in five years. Because I don't think so either. But my expectations for him in the first five years is year one, rookie of a year, year two. By, he'll be an all-star year one because that's how the NBA works. International will probably be voted in. By year three, first team all-NBA. And by year five, competing to get to the Western Conference Finals. By year five. Oh, yeah. So in order for that to happen, he needs to be at LeBron's level kind of. Right, LeBron yeah. went year four or five. Yeah, it was like LeBron. LeBron wasn't an all-star in his rookie year. But he also didn't have Greg Popovich. But LeBron was LeBron. But like, even with fan voting, was not. He was not an all-star year. No, it was only year not being. I think oh, it was wow. a nineteen-time all-star, twenty years. Interesting. Or maybe it was. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. <sighs> that's a big. That's a big statement to me. Yeah, that's a big statement to make. Uh, but I, I think, I'm fact-checking. Let's get our producer on it next time, but I'll, I'll do it this time, okay? Oh, thank you, bro. Where's, where is our producer? Smoking a shisha. Are you our producer? Is that what you're saying? 19-time All-Star, 2005 through 2013, and he started in 2003-04, so he missed it. Wow. So making All-Star game in first, I don't know if Zion did his rookie year. I think he did, actually. Yeah. Uh, I think international voting now is like so rampant that like all of Europe's going to vote for him, so that's why. Yeah. Um. I think he's going to be a little like Luca, but with a step up, right? Like Luca is. He's great. Yeah, th- year three or four was yeah. Western Conference Finals. Obviously, a down year for the team this year, but I think he's somewhere in that range. Now, it really depends what this Spurs roster did. Remember, with Tim Duncan, they well, they had David Robinson. Yeah, they right? won the championship as rookie year. Yeah, so, but that's not happening in this. They don't have an injured guy like David. Like, they didn't have like an injured Kawhi waiting in the wings. Right, right. But so they will have some cap space. Probably will build the team pretty well. It's Greg Popovich. You have to remember he's at the tail end of his coaching career, so I think they're going to try to get something going quickly. I will say the Western Conference Finals guess is not a bad guess in five years yeah. because Jokic should be like 34 when that happens, 35 maybe, right? <laughs> LeBron's not going to be in the Western Conference or not a top five player. Curry's going to be older. Yeah. In the West right now, we're looking at a lot of guys like Zion, who gets hurt a lot. We're looking at a lot of guys like the Rockets. John Morant, who uses a lot of guns. He uses guns. Jalen Green in the Rockets, who Whatever Paul George is. called the King of Houston, which yeah. is a little far-fetched. Pre- premature. A little premature. The Suns might still be relevant with like Devin Booker, but Durant will be older. Mm-hmm. So I don't even know where the roster will be at. There's not many like... I feel like the East maybe has a little more of the, like, Giannis is going to still be, like, 33 or yeah. something. You're going to have Tatum and Brown if they're still together, like, just turning 30. They're both still, like, somehow 26, like Devin Booker. I know. Like, you know, the joke was Tatum's always 19, but so is Booker. <laughs> Booker and him are, like, 26 still somehow. But there's not that many in the uh, – and you have, like, the Magic and all these teams. The Thunder might be up there. Yeah. But I think with Victor, Weminyama, and the West – they have a very strong chance of building something really quickly to being a contender. Now, mm-hmm. probably not win a championship, but being a contender. Now, it also depends on – he's very skinny. Yes. Is his health going to – like, Zion is a little too thick. This guy's a little too skinny. That that plays a role. Yeah, I'm talking about just health being good. Like, I, I always, you know, 
you want your expectations that the health is going to be good, so you go into the career feeling happy about it rather than like pessimistic. So I'm just going with his health being good. It might not be, but at least I'm going to assume it is. How much better is he than Giannis? I mean, he can shoot threes. I, I don't know. He's not better than Giannis now, but his ceiling is definitely the highest ceiling we've ever seen since LeBron James. Yeah. It's really tough just because, like like you said, the ceiling's ridiculous. I know. Like, the ceiling is... The ceiling is the roof. LeBron James. Yeah, the ceiling is... Well, it could be, <laughs> could be a very high roof. You remember... Who, that was Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. ceiling's yeah. the roof. It's true, actually. Yeah, it is. But it could be a high roof. It could be a sky rise with a really big front entrance that goes yeah. up 10 feet. So. Uh, uh, a, tra- a tranium, I think is what they call it. Interesting word. Hmm. A tranium. All right. Well, his uh, ceiling's a tranium. And uh, <laughs> I think, though, for real, for real, I would be... He's one of those guys I'd be extremely shocked if I don't see him like a in his first five years like a three or four time All Star. Me too, absolutely. Just like a Zion, if Zion was healthy, he would have been a three, four time All Star easily. Mm-hmm. The only reason for Zion was the health, and I think Victor, Victor's maybe got a full step or two ahead of Zion coming into the NBA. Oh, absolutely. <sighs> I am. That's one guy I'm extremely excited about. Yeah, me too. I can't wait for it next year. That's Lead like past. a LeBron debut type of thing. Oh, yeah. It's going to be nuts. But his ceiling is the roof. <laughs> we'll end with that. Victor Wembanyama's ceiling is the? Roof. The roof. Good luck to Greg. Oh, I have one more question. Yep. How long is Greg Pavlovich going to last? Five years. It's the first five years. Yeah. He's going to try to get a championship. If not, like it's Yeah, good Pat time. Riley's situation would be the godfather. Yeah. Okay. I agree. Because it's not going to be 10. All right, Sammy. Last topic of this show today. Shannon Sharp leaving undisputed. He and, uh, <laughs> no pun intended, actually it's intended, Skip had a dispute. Undisputed. So, um, undisputed. I guess, what do you think of that show in general? Who do you think should replace him? And do you think he's acting like a little baby that his feelings are hurt and wants to leave Skip Bayless? Well, Skip's an asshole. For he is. Time. We know that. Um, and a lot of reports show that Skip controls everything, topics, all this. But, you know, my answer is all going to depend on what he does next. If he ends up on first take of Stephen A. Smith, it's probably a right decision. Oh, yeah. If he ends up on first take and then doing guest spots all day on Pat McAfee's show now, and, you know, like ESPN's kind of rebuilding a powerhouse now. Mm-hmm. If they bring in Shannon Sharp and Pat McAfee, they're kind of like back to – like FS1 was kind of ahead of because of Colin yeah. Coward and Skip ahead of ESPN. Mm-hmm. But I feel like ESPN slowly coming back ahead of FS1 with the McAfee, Stephen A, and True. Shannon Sharp. I think though, sometimes, and I, the reason I really wanted to do this topic is because we're here doing a sports podcast, right? Yep. We're brothers, obviously not just colleagues, but brothers. Um, but we're trying not to do the just typical like. Let me pick a guy that I'm going to obsess over, like LeBron. And you pick a guy like Tom Brady, you obsess over. And then let's, like, argue about it six day, five days a week, at least one of the topics every single day. And then let's start to make some personal attacks at each other. And start yelling at each other about every little topic. Like, man, I'm so sick and tired of it. Like, I was telling you today, like, Nick Wright would be a good replacement for him. Because he, like, they lecture like that's my problem with these shows like i watch these shows and i hear these guys talk i feel like they're lecturing me 
about sports. Like, it's not that serious. Enjoy the topics. They, I feel like they really, really, really want to just jam their opinion down your throat. And really, the only at the end of the day, the games do the talking. I like to talk about what's going on around the games rather than telling you you're an idiot because you don't think the way I think. Yeah, and the personal attacks thing is like the main key for me. It's like, you know, Skip Bayless and um, Shannon Sharp got in an argument over Tom Brady, and it turned into Skip Bayless pretty much spending 20 minutes telling Shannon Sharp that Tom Brady's better than you, so why are you trying to, like, tell him he's better than you, he's a better football player, he's yeah. more accomplished. And Shannon Sharp was like, I'm a three-time Super Bowl champ, and I'm in the, the Hall of Fame. Like, And Skip Bayless is a guy that's never played professionally. Like, To me, it's like, if I was sitting here with Shannon Sharp, the last thing I would do is try to sit here and tell him who's better than him yeah. in the game of football. Now, if you want to sit there and be like, I'm a better sports commentator than you, like, fine, you can argue that if you want, like, I'm not saying I am. I'm not saying Skip is. But if he wants to argue that Skip is, like, the the godfather of, like, debate TV. Like, he mm-hmm. made Stephen A. Smith, and Stephen A. Smith admitted that. Like, if it wasn't for Skip, he's – if it wasn't for Skip, Shan Sharp isn't the most famous guy in sports maybe right now right. either. But at the end of the day, it was a lot of personal attacks, a lot of yelling, a lot of, like, arguments. So I don't necessarily blame a guy like Shan Sharp to be like, what the fuck's the point of me being here? Like – I can do. I I can go get a hundred million dollar contract from ESPN. I can go to NFL Network and maybe enjoy my time while doing it. Yeah, and maybe not have a six a.m. show. Like that, that would bother me. Yeah, I, I don't know if, why they like that, but I don't like a six a.m. show. But I do think there is sometimes a little too much sensitivity in that industry of like, oh my god, I just hate that skip controls thing, and like sometimes there's attacks. Like at the end of the day, you guys know what kind of show you're producing. So And that's what the show is, right? Like, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I wouldn't go on first take and sit there and be like, oh, Stephen A. Smith said that too meanly to me. I'm going to yeah. get off the show now because I'd be like, no, this is the type. I'm, I went on to the show knowing this is this type of show. Exactly. So that's where my only thing of Shannon Sharp part is like. You know what you signed up for. You made your own bed. Yeah. But at the end of the day, some people like to take on new challenges. Some yeah. people like to move on to different things. I just think in general, too. That industry's slowly dying. The let's sit and make this a full on like Skip Bayless posting at two AM, like working out to beat Shannon. Like what are you trying to beat? It's a debate. It's not There's like, no scores. Yeah, there's no scores. And there's not it's not like there's somebody in the middle. Like the only show that I guess pardon your what no, was it a PTI? Yeah. Had scores? No. Pardon uh what was it? No, it was I forget the name of it, but one of the points. Yeah, I forget the name of it, but But the Italian guy. Yeah. That show's died down, too. Around the Horn. Around the Horn, there you go. Had points. Um, I think that was, like, the only one. Dude, like, that's the only one that actually kept score, and they weren't even yelling at each other. That was more just, like, each person gave an opinion, right? Exactly. So I feel like it's a little bit of a dying industry, and maybe that's what Shannon Sharp's trying to get out of. Like, maybe he wants to take on more of a Pat McAfee type of thing where right. he runs a show and has a cool co-host. And, and a has really fun. cool guest, yeah. And brings on certain NFL players, like he does with Club Shay Shay, his podcast, which he's taking with him. Yep. Um, he was interviewing guys like DK Metcalfs of the world and Tyreek Hills and like Travis Kelsey. Maybe he wants to just stick to more of a go do an ESPN show like that where you're po- very possible. you're the guy having a good time, yep. not being a debate show guy in a suit every day. Well, I hope that's what he does because it probably will suit him better. And he's good at this. Yeah. Oh yeah. And there are reports that Skip does not like the popularity that Shan Sharp's kind of taken over. Which of course, skips kind of a little baby too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. At the end of the day, sports are supposed to be fun, and that's the point of this pot. Yeah. And like, just enjoy it. 
We're here to watch sports, have fun, talk about them, debate it sometimes. Like sometimes you have disagreements, but not to the point where you're making, trying to make other person sound be stupid. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. So stop debating, have fun. Sports are fun. Sports are fun, baby. And that's all we got. Perfect, man. It was fun. It's starting. The wind's starting to pick up out here. So uh, we'll end this here. But we really thank you for watching. And this is the Sports on Tap podcast. This is the Sports on Tap podcast at the Sports on Tap on all platforms uh, here in sunny Phoenix, Arizona in June, where it's not even cracked into the hundreds and it's windy. I know. It's, it's windy as heck. But uh, it's kind of odd. I don't know why I did that. But, George, you know what we like to say? Hey. Thanks for stopping by. See you guys next time. Later.